Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to my good, bad brain I'm a normal person, so I'm insane I've got depression and ADHD But I'm doing better since I medicated me I'm still not always sure whether I exist Or what being a person even really is But I figured out a long time ago that being alive is beautiful. Hi, hi, there we go. Hi, What's up? this is Jarrett. Uh, you know, I host this thing. Uh, this is uh, this pod is uh, you know, as usual, it's like a little bit late. This episode's coming out. This was the Sunday live stream, not this past Sunday, but the one before that. And uh, I had just gone to a Black Lives Matter protest the day before. Um, uh, it was this, the one at Fairfax, the one there's, uh, where, I don't know, well, you know, cops attacked, uh, peaceful protesters. It was crazy. It was wild. I'd never seen anything like that up close and it was quite an eye-opening experience and there's a lot going on in the world. So, uh, I'm just going to let this one ride. It was, you know, I'm never going to do these intros when it's been, uh, a week or the past or whatever. And that's, you know. That's me, but I think there's some good stuff in the, as usual, we just, we talk about that and, um, you know, my pods always like gets into politics and stuff like that and slides into a lot of stuff about like leftist socialist stuff. Uh, we go hard in that in the next episode and quite frankly, I don't know how, know how, how not to like to not, you know, we talk about it really explicitly probably in this episode, definitely in the next one about, um, just, I just don't know how you could have, uh, something about, mental health you know material realities of uh our experience of things and not look at the material realities of the outside world so i don't know i'm feeling like more and more drawn to that or figuring out what my mission is or what the hell i want to do with my time in life and uh it's it's you know there's you can't talk about mental health without talking about like a more just and equitable and healthy world you know Anyway, I love you all. Thanks for being here. I'm going to shut up and let this episode roll with me and Dr. Nick uh, in the live stream and uh, just go get to putting up the next one. And you can have back-to-back episodes of uh, a couple weeks of, uh, well, you know, one very concerned uh, white guy's reactions to uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and um, the death of George Floyd and how horrible police are. Defund the cops. You know what I mean? The whole system. You just got to rip it the fuck down and and start over. Okay, I love you all. Be well. Be safe. Take care of each other. Fight the good fight. Stay strong. Um, you know, self-care. Hydrate. Uh, be well. All right, talk to you. See, see ya. Enjoy this app. I just sincerely hope you like it. Bye. Anyway, how are you doing? Man, I, I mean, I'm tripped out, dude. It's fucking craziness. I was yeah. couldn't pull myself off of Twitter. It's just... Yeah, just madness, man. It's craziness. I think that that is uh, seemingly universal. The can't can't get off Twitter thing. <laughs> I mean, but I don't think it's uh, bad. I mean, it's like you got to pay attention. You got to see what's going. That seems yeah. like to be the best way for yeah. people to be communicating. The curtain has just been ripped back, and now, well, I mean, you know, it's I, I just have to avoid like the trolls and the right like people. The what about Chicago people? I just can't fucking. You know, they're yeah. not able to take in information and examine or analyze. So I just yeah. have to ignore. Yeah, it's definitely, um, 
obviously today we're probably just going to talk about protests and things that are going on, uh, which, uh, you know, I know this is like ostensibly a mental health thing, but I've said it a lot of times in the past. I don't know how you can talk about the material realities of our world uh, politically and uh, well, yeah, just just materially, just like what's going on without um without talking about mental health. Do you know what I mean? It's so that's what we're going to talk about today, <laughs> mostly. Yeah. Um, or, or the best we can from a couple of white guys, basically. I guess. And what what's we're doing? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty fucking crazy. Well, I went we have to a these lot of work to do. I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> you know, we have a lot yeah. Of well, so I'll talk. What do you? Because you're in academia, so I feel like you interact a lot more with sort of the like, hopefully the the forward edge of that sort of conversation. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's a little, it, it, you know, I, I think my experience is a little weird because you know I grew up. So I went grew up in Washington D.C. and I went to this like little private school called Georgetown Day School, which is the first integrated uh, school in D.C. So the school had like a social justice mission. So, you know, part of my like early and I went there from pre-kindergarten all the way through high school. So part Mm -hmm. of my like very early education was around social justice issues. And, you know, I mean, it was just like a real hippie school. We had like a real focus on social justice issues, but a lot of like openly gay teachers. And, you know, this is in like the early 90s. So it wasn't the norm. Um. And then, you know, I went to college in New York. So that's also very liberal. Columbia is, although they certainly are not without their problems, is pretty liberal, you know? Yeah. And all my friends were very progressive. So it wasn't really until, like, much later in my life that I even encountered these other perspectives. And then social work is probably the most progressive academic, academic discipline you're going to find. Yeah. So, you know, it's a lot of sort of like-minded people. Although, you know, in class we have, you know, they're like, we have a lot of late Latter-day Saints. We got Latter-day Saints and like go-go dancers in the same class at UNLV, which is. That's good. so interesting. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. There, there was, there's just like more strains of conservatism that, that I have recently encountered than I was used to encountering throughout my life and experience. Um, yeah, I, just, I mean, we, you know, we have to, white people have a lot of work to do. I mean, we, you know, we need to do everything from educating our fellow white people who are kind of skeptical of the idea of white privilege and try to make that real to them. We have, you know, from that kind of low level minor sort of intervention all the way up to, you know, um, you know, more hands on types of responsibilities and interventions that we have so mm-hmm. you know i think it runs the gamut but but uh we're the beneficiaries of this system so we need to yeah play a role you know yeah it's uh it's interesting uh oh there's so many things to talk about okay well first i'll just i went to the protests yesterday um in uh, la and they were it was powerful. It was very powerful. I really felt uh, no sense of chaos or violence or animosity or anything like that. Uh, anger, for sure, and, like, passion and stuff, but, like, a lot of solidarity. Like, cars stopped in the street from the march, honking their horns and cheering along. And, you know, I mean, it's L.A., but still, I mean, L.A.'s... Nobody likes to be stuck in traffic. Everyone, but it was all, everyone together, you know. Until the police showed up, uh, there was a lot about the way the police acted that was very fishy to me and weird. And I know I'm prone to conspiracy theory. I, this is an interesting thing. Like um, the narratives of the outside agitator narrative that everyone's you know saying. Um, I think it's interesting because. I think there's I feel like there's a distinction between outside agitator and the police are doing it. <laughs> um, outside agitator yeah. is the one that's like Antifa's shipping in and it's white ultra leftists and it's not real, which is, I think, a bullshit narrative and also not helpful because I'm like, I think property destruction is a <laughs> is a legitimate form of protest. And and, uh, you know, this is how this is rebellion. This is rebellion against property, against a state that values property. I think it's all good. That being said, I, it does feel like there are some bad faith actors. I think 
but oh, whatever before getting into conspiracy theories i don't even think i think it's a little bit moot because it is it is very evident like you can just look at the evidence of your eyes and ears that the people who accelerate the violence are the police like nothing's going on i mean when they dispersed yeah. us there was no even bullhorn like all right everybody please clear out there's nothing it was just all of a sudden let me just tell this was so weird okay so we're there and then we're like okay we hear the sirens okay the cops are showing up and it's like a small group of police, like with not a lot of like a, with a helmet and like a nightstick, and it felt so strange. We're like, why would they do that? Like that are kind of like surrounded, sort of quickly by the crowd, who's just being like, you know, yeah. doing our chants and shit, and you know, but not fucking with them or anything. And then the second group of cops comes, and by the way, they're all coming from Beverly Hills. Like they're all like coming to stop everybody from marching into Beverly Hills. If you're familiar with LA, we were at Fairfax and uh, Third, and it, and we just we're chilling at Fairfax and Third, which is a good place to protest. You're up in the Grove. You're by the riot playbook. Yes, yes. So. Protect the Beverly Hills and the wealthy community. Exactly. Which my understanding is they some people still got to Rodeo Drive, and I was like, that's where we should hold hold all the protests. You know. Yeah. But absolutely. um. But anyway, so then the second group of cops shows up and they're wearing uh, a lot more like SWAT gear, you know, and and even like I don't put it past them either. I swear to God, the first group that looked more like regular friendly cops, you know, but just with a helmet on um, seemed to have more like women and people of color in that group and stuff. The one that like was surrounded and just there first. And the second group was like all those hard faced like middle-aged white guys with blue eyes who are SWAT guys you know what I mean it just felt so fucking on the nose and not just that but they left all these cop cars out by like the surrounded group that like didn't even feel like real cop cars like they looked like prop cop cars and and like there was no gear in them and the door could just open like you know almost like left there to be destroyed but you know you know in a weird way anyway and then this group comes in with the SWAT gear and they are geared up and looking hard faced and they have like 30 round mags in these vests that they're wearing stacked up and I'm just like what the f- this is crazy and so we start to be like okay this is starting to feel a little dicey uh some people start kicking a cop car and you know again not to get into the outside agitator thing but it did just look like skinny white guys and to be fair Antifa and uh fucking incels don't look that different so I don't really know but like it just was like this very weird feeling situation and I'm like okay I think this is gonna start getting a little dicey blah 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 and then um and then yeah we started to sort of fold backwards a little bit and then uh you know you that someone started going like all right they're they're swinging the gate they're swinging the gate and which i guess means like they started moving forward but there was no like announcement there was no like please disperse baba they just start moving towards us and then you heard these bangs and i don't know if they were like they weren't full flash bangs because they weren't that loud i don't know if they were beanbag guns maybe or because they definitely had their beanbag guns out and different like you know uh 40 millimeter launchers and stuff like that and then you could see some gas and people started like getting out of there and it was crazy to feel everybody like start running and and moving around in these like big crowds of like rushing people and some people were like really panicking be like they're shooting they're they're shooting and then it seemed good like a few people were like we were like hey they're not shooting it's okay calm down let's just walk take care of each other and and you know that seems like a couple voices here and there seem to help out like uh and i feel like it was good practice just to be in that chaos but so anyway so we're all leaving as a group we're getting out of there like all right let's head out let's you know and then as we're going north to get up out through the alleyways again if you're familiar with la we're moving north up uh from third and fairfax as we're like halfway up there uh well first weird like a lamborghini comes through like revving its engines really loud going towards the protest it was very strange like it was just like a surreal moment and then we notice a bunch of crowd running towards us like running away like of protesters and they're like they're shooting rubber bullets they're shooting rubber bullets up by beverly and fairfax and there's smoke and there's a big fire um which i think was a a cop suv that like again i don't know who started that fire i don't know it was right by the gas station and uh and I was like, if you're trying to disperse a crowd, why would you box us in? Like, why would we be getting shoved into a kill box? You know what I mean? Like, why? What's the goal here? Uh, and then, uh, again, with no announcement. And um, and then my buddy, uh, I talked to him later. He got stuck, actually. They all got boxed in and trapped by the Trader Joe's. And he got shot by a robber bullet and batoned a little bit. But he's okay. Uh, and it was just very surreal and strange to be around. And you're like... 
the people who are accelerating this violence are certainly the police. And that seems kind yeah, of universal. Absolutely. So I don't know. So in terms of like any sort of outside agitator thing, to me, it kind of seems to be built to create a, a lack of solidarity with the protesters. And also um, to like, like, let's not just ignore the big overarching factor, which is like yeah. there are these occupying military forces in our cities. Yeah, I mean, I just think, sure, there are probably, I don't even know what that means. I mean, the the kind of trope of the outside agitator has been used by every totalitarian government since the dawn of time. It's just a well-worn propaganda trope that they trot out. And it just doesn't matter. Like, sure, there might be some Antifa, whatever the fuck that is. There, there are definitely some right-wingers. You know, there's plenty of video of skinny white dudes smashing windows you know, starting the violence. So yeah, all that's going on, but I just think it doesn't matter and people shouldn't be focusing on that. The problem is that people are sick of a system that is clearly before your eyes, you can see this, that is consolidating power in the hands of the wealthy and powerful to control the downtrodden. And people are fucking sick of it. People are fucking sick of being brutalized and killed by agents of state power who do that with impunity. People are sick of it. I don't care if you're Antifa or whatever the fuck you are. I mean, just last night, we now have hundreds, if not thousands, of videotaped instances of totally unjustified police brutality and savagery. Yeah. So people are sick of that. People are sick of that. And does anybody think that it just happened last night or it just happened in the last decade when videos become more available? Of course not. They've been doing it for... They've been doing it from the beginning, yeah. From the beginning, and the entire, you know, the the bad apple trope is utter nonsense. The entire culture has to be uprooted and destroyed, and we need a new model of how we're going to keep law and order in our cities. And I don't think it's going to involve armed police officers. I mean, it, they've demonstrated that they're just not capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. If they're not capable of doing their jobs without brutalizing peaceful protesters, then then they shouldn't be allowed to have those jobs. And we have zero evidence that they're that they're able to keep the peace in the confines of their professional activities. We have zero evidence of that. I mean, there's just video after video of them brutalizing people and acting like savages. And so they all need to be fired. And if they want to reapply, they can. They should have to have master's degrees. They shouldn't be able to be armed. I mean, the yep. entire culture needs to be uprooted and destroyed. I totally agree with all that. I think it, it's it's uh it's shocking to just witness. I mean, like you said, it's not new. It's just filmed now. It's just everyone has a camera. I was thinking that when I was coming into the protest, how amazing it was to see all these people with cameras. And you're like, damn, that's like the weapon of the people. Like that is the thing. Like that everybody has a camera. They, and a they microphone. are firing at journalists. <laughs> they're they are deliberately targeting journalists. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think also crazy to um what that I, I feel also, sorry, one other thing. No, I also think that this is why liberals need to seriously reconsider their anti Second Amendment stand. I mean I, know, I don't I know what, what kind of arms you have, but and I'm certainly not advocating, you know, gunfights with police officers. I I'm not advocating that. That'd be a horrible disaster. But I think liberals ought to really consider who owns the tools of power. Uh-huh. Who owns the tools of power? And do you feel comfortable about who owns the tools of power? Yeah. And just think to yourself, what do you think the chances are of all of those people giving up those tools of power versus you being able to get your hands on those tools of power? Just mm-hmm. ask yourself those questions. I agree with you. I mean, like I, it, 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 people, it, it isn't comfortable to fit. Fa- here's here's because to me, this is the the lower tier uh, thing of that conversation, the lower tier like conversation situation of that that I find strange to in the in the liberal mind in the liberal mind, which is like I, I saw a pretty good meme that was um, disturbing but also true was like <laughs> it was like the split screen and it was they didn't show obviously uh, George Floyd because it's in fucking awful taste to do that, but it's the cop who's kneeling, the Chauvin guy. You know, and it's like Republican Party. And then to the right of them is the cops standing there watching him. And it was like Democratic Party. And that is how it feels. And uh, and that like 
I think it's hard for a lot of people to wrap their heads around who are liberal, who've always considered themselves liberal, that there's something further left than what the Democratic establishment is doing. There's something that cares more about people. And on that Second Amendment type thing, I I agree with you. I also agree that it would be a disaster if there was sort of like gunfights with cops. But I, I genuinely think it's like uncomfortable I, I think there's race aspects for sure and like wait like white supremacy stuff for sure involved in the haircut protest people being armed but i like and not being fucked with but um i also think there's an element of like well they all have fucking rifles and stuff and if it accelerates and they're having they've rifle, it's gonna be a lot worse i think there's something symbolic about it i do think it's crazy to think that you would trust the people that you pay that we give 51 i think percent of the la budget to every year to like uh occupy us like to kill people like uh they wear fucking they've chosen as their their brotherhood symbol the punisher symbol like the skull with a you know like very disturbing and so i've sometimes have these conversations and people will be like like military service members is a meme that like only fucking boot idiots are obsessed with these Punisher low. It, it's a meme. I mean, yeah. they, they, these cops are fucking memes. Yeah. It, it's a, uh, yes, for sure. That's sounds real, but like, uh, so, okay. So I feel like this conversation happens a lot with the liberal and, and certainly with conservative people where they're, where they're kind of like, it's, it's different variations of the like, hey, if you don't want to get shot, just comply, you know, kind of thing. Hey, if you, the cops are out there, like, don't be burning things, don't be doing things, like, as if that's what's happening. And I, and I always think to myself, like, or, or the conversation that starts going, hey, peaceful protest is good, but once you start doing these other things, like, what do you, what do you expect? That's not a way to get things done. Just gives them the excuse they need to be more brutal. And, what I think is so crazy about it is embedded in that is this acceptance that you live being held hostage by these people that were like somehow it's normal and fine to go like, look, I'm just being a realist. Those people have the guns and stuff like that. Just do what they say and then you won't get fucked up. Just be peaceful and then they won't tear gas you. And it's like, like what? We're supposed to live under this like strange constraint of like that's supposed to be normal for everybody? I mean – it's just demonstrably untrue. I don't understand how you can hold that perspective yeah. in the face of literal video evidence to the contrary. Oh, absolutely. There's video evidence of people pro- peacefully demonstrating, being run over by police, having car doors opened into them, being shot at by pepper spray and other things. And then other videos of people being shot at with live ammunition and killed. So it's, it's yes. patently untrue, and I think people are scared to think about what it means that that's patently untrue. Right. But you have to be honest with yourself. It's it's demonstrably not the case that if you obey, you will be safe. You yes. Won't. And I and I think white people in particular, uh, in particular liberal, nice white people who think you just get, you just go along, you get along, we go along, and it's fine, and that peep and that they'll be good, that they'll be good guys, and they'll they won't be bad if you're not bad. To like reexamine that, like th- somebody, if some you know, every black person knows that from experience. Oh, of course. I'm saying only like white people that think that. exactly. I'm speaking for sure to the white people who are nice liberal minded white people who just want who might be because i see it you see it online you see the rhetoric starting already like i support the movement but i don't these methods and blah 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 are really you know what i mean it's like you people i think need to wrap their heads around the realities of like what this group does and like w- what these police are and, and i gotta say like i grew up my neighbor growing up was uh, a police officer you know like a close family friend when i was a kid all through my life i had no idea i've uh, definitely done jujitsu with some police officers some yeah. of them individuals are yeah, very nice but yeah. who cares who fucking cares i think it's important for people to i feel like a little more because i think i always felt a little like well all cops are bastards is that really you know or, or what is a policeless society what would that be i don't know you know and i feel like a little bit radicalized the further left like i've you know i was already leaning that way but like by witnessing the protest stuff up close and then the thousands of videos going on where i'm just like dude this it's I, I even sympathize. I was talking to a friend yesterday who was like, I have family and a lot of close friends who are police too, and I feel bad they're caught up in this. And I'm like, <sighs> they are individually. I, she's like, you know, oh, I know, like, they, some of them are good people. They like spend their own money to buy groceries for homeless people on the weekends. And I was like, I know they got lied to too. Like, they have to understand what their job is. 
that, that's what people are not like. It's just, I mean, people just really need to hold themselves to a higher level of analysis here. Yes, th- there are some great individuals. It's not about that. It's about the institution. Right. It's about the institution being morally bankrupt and facilitating brutality and insulating its members from accountability. And that is institutional. Yeah, that is institutional. You know, there there are many. We could go into. I know. Of, I I just think this is so valuable because there's many many issues, but that's the biggest issue that institute and it's a patchwork of institutions because yeah. we have which is insane to me. We have zero state or federal guidelines. It's like municipal police, state police, local police, county, all, every organ of the state, no matter how small, can have a police force. And that's nuts. I mean, that's just who has the power of life or death over citizens. That's insane. insane. It makes zero sense. It's demonstrably dysfunctional. It's it, it just doesn't work. It sucks money out of our budget that evidence tells us can be better used doing other things. I mean, it, yeah, it just makes no sense. But well, the idea that people argue by saying, oh, they're good individuals, it's you're completely missing the point. It doesn't matter at all. We're talking about the institution. Yeah, I mean, the inst- to me, one thing that has changed, I think, uh, in my general outlook of the world over the last few years, probably because of some more exposure to like leftist literature and stuff like that, is I guess what I would call like a, a more material uh, interpretation of of the world around us, not like a theoretical one, like what's really happening. And uh, and I think interestingly, Doctor Nick is. Uh, you i was talking to somebody about this the other day that i was like the conversations i've had with you have led me to take a much more material approach even to like my mental health to say like okay to really realize and whenever i talk to anybody else about mental health stuff now i think we were talking about it in the discord actually with some of the people from quarantine like fine yes for validation of your things understanding yourself fine do some like freudian whatever lay on a couch and think about your traumas when you're young fine like try to get to the root of understand sure but that like to me i've completely shifted like from understanding my stories and repeating them over and over about my traumas and why i am the way i am which i started to feel like we're just like reinforcing for myself that i was this fucked up person who does these things and that i would get good at telling the story the the analogy i used in the group was that it made me think of was like um uh they I, i heard this thing once about like dating versus like committing to a relationship is the difference between like falling in love with yourself and learning to love other people and and be loved that like when you're dating you tell your same story over and over again you learn which qualities appeal to people you become your cutest like most interesting most charismatic self and you're just really falling in love with yourself like over and over again but that when you finally commit to like uh, another person then it becomes like the hard part, staying through when it's hard, learning to like feel love from them and love back. And to me, there's something about like in therapy and trying new therapists and and trying to get to the root of my problems and just repeating my story over and over as opposed to looking materially at like, no, what are the behaviors and feelings day to day that feel good or bad that I, I want to change, that hurt people or help people that I want to change? And then going about changing those and throwing out whatever has come before or why I am the way I am or whatever and just trying to focus on what are the material behaviors what are the material realities of my expression of mental illness or wellness and how can I try to shift those more towards something that I like and that's so helpful because you also then start getting metrics for like what healthy is like what is me being a better version of myself is it getting out of bed is it like not not uh reacting um so uh like uh well so reactionarily i was gonna say but so aggressively to things because i don't have control over my emotions or i'm not blah blah blah, whatever and uh that sort of material view of things if you apply it to reality as well like wider society and politics and stuff like that you can start to go like okay in liberal hegemony of la Eric Garcetti, blue mayor, right? All these kinds of things. Where does the money, how does money get spent? What are our policies? How accepting and and rainbow coalition are we and stuff like that of all these people? You know, it's like you can go like, okay, well then how come, how come the bad part of town is where most of, most of the people aren't white? Like, why is that? Why is it separated by a highway? Like, why is it built this way and it's still not racist? And then, do you know what I mean? Like you, you start to like, like the realities yeah. of equity I, and stuff. Yes. I mean, well, just a couple things. So one, I, I'm glad that you, I 
makes me feel really good that you said that earlier about your kind of shift in your approach to mental health. I just think it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, the root of this to me is really in like the Buddhist ideology, which is that if you spend a lot of time reinforcing your ego self, you're spending a lot of time focusing on something that doesn't actually exist in the way you think it does. Mm. And that that's to suffering. And I think the evidence that, you know, the evidence is there. It's also a great book. I'm going to, I can't remember, but I'll send it to you later the exact title, but it's something like, why doesn't the zebra get an ulcer? You know, something like that Mm -hmm. because they don't have these secondary, like, what does it mean about me that blah, 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 you know, they just remain focused in their material present and try to enact strategies that down the road lead to them feeling better in their material present. And so I think that's, you know, Mm. consistent. But the other thing is, you know, organizational theory tells us that the, the, core function of any organization is to perpetuate itself, perpetuate its own survival, just like an organism. And so that's what these institutions do. They're not here to do something from the goodness of their heart to benefit something outside themselves. That's not what organizations are here for. Political organizations are certainly our law enforcement organizations. They're there to perpetuate their own survival and they will use any tool to do that. So you can't just assume that they have, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt and think, oh, they have our best interest at heart. No, they need to be under rigorous scrutiny to, to ensure that they are serving our interests. Because if we don't do that, they will not serve our interests. They'll mm-hmm. serve their own interests. And that's, that's not anything except just the reality. Just observing reality tells you that. Yes. Y- you know, yeah, man, you made me think of something – I know. I think like, okay, because I'm gonna I'm gonna bend this a little bit. I'm just gonna hijack a little bit for mental health in case anybody tunes in for mental health stuff. But we want to talk about like how to stay mentally healthy in the midst of all this fucking shit, whatever. Um, because this thought just occurred to me, and I'm gonna throw it out there. This is like what I am thinking, and you tell me what you think or whatever. It's like, okay, because because to me, I stopped posting about Hell World. <laughs> I said that's how I said I was like. I'm going to stop doing hell world. I'm sorry. I'll just do jokes and whatever. I'll just stop doing it because I felt like people didn't like it. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't want, you know what I mean? I felt like, oh, I'm just being, I'm just being more of this thing. And I feel like in mental health circles, it's just like, Hey, take care of yourself. Get offline when you have to and blah, blah, blah. Which I do think if you've reached your limit, yeah, for sure. If you're not going to be helpful anymore and you're just being crushed by it, yeah, for sure. But, uh, if you see any, all the shit that's like, Hey, Take take the time. If you could just turn the news off, just turn it off, and to, and it's like people who are only pushing that message about mental health or something like that in the face of this stuff. To me, I'm like, if somebody had fucking gangrene in their goddamn leg, would you say like, hey, just do some opium, just fucking, just fucking. If you just do this thing, you won't feel it, and it's gonna be fine. Like yeah. that's not mental health. Like that's not. Living in an unhealthy situation that is inherently abusive and destructive and lacks equity or justice, that is inherently violent all the time, just not toward, not directly at you, is not healthy and is not living with that cognitive dissonance is not something that's going to make you mentally well. You know, and I think like if you see those messages or people are giving those messages out there and, and like in, in the guise of like this is for mental health. I kind of feel like fuck that. Like that's it, burying your head in the sand and just like yeah. trying to turn the volume off is not going to make you or anybody else's mental state more healthy. You know what I mean? It's a permutation of the no bad no bad vibes crew, which is another which is just nonsense to me. But but yes, uh, exactly. Good vibes only. Jo- Ellie and I yeah, joke about that all that, the time. We go good, good vibes only about each other, about that sort of inane attitude. By the way, Robert yeah. Sapolsky, I think, is the zebras don't get ulcers. A couple people yeah, tuned in. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, I would just say it like this, and this is kind of a to return to a theme I've talked about before. Is I think you have to consider your values first. You know, so what are your values yes. for yourself, your role in the world, etc. And how can you be effective in like moving towards those? So you have to do that. You know, those need to be your anchor points, your values and how you can be effective. And then, you know, your engagement with different types of media should be dependent on your values and your effectiveness goals. Mm -hmm. So, you know, should your 
kind of go-to strategy or not, not should it, I mean, who cares? It's, is the strategy of just avoiding things that stress you out effective in the long term? Certainly not. I mean, we know, we know from study after study that avoidance is a terrible problem solving strategy in the long term, but it's very effective in the short term. I mean, that's why everyone wants to avoid things that yeah. bother because in the short term, it gives us relief. So, you know, if you need to do some avoidance in the short term, I think to like calm down and get some space, that's totally fine. Right. But you know, depending on your values, if you find yourself defaulting to avoidance, no bad vibes all the time, you should just know that the evidence indicates that that's not an effective problem solving strategy. Maybe it will be for you, but uh, it's unlikely. Um. On that, uh, someone put a quote in the chat, which is pretty good, uh, from, I guess, Jiddu Krishnamurti. It is no measure of good health to be well-adjusted to a sick society. And I fucking agree with that. I don't know. I, yeah. How can you? Uh, so anyway, so that's that's uh, going on. And I do think it feels like a little helpless. No, fuck that. This is the point. Is like you're seeing people be not helpless. You're seeing the reaction of people and to me this is why like maybe that's part of it is like there's this this uh again very white liberal thing that i hear a lot which is like i feel so helpless i just don't know what to do i don't know what to do uh i uh and it's like this is what you're seeing from people it's like they're doing something when you feel like saying oh i don't like this property destruction this isn't the way it, it should go it's like what do you want them to do? You keep saying they feel everyone feels helpless and that everyone should just be okay with that. Um, I saw a funny tweet <laughs> that was like, if uh, a police officer was uh, killing me, I would simply vote him out of office. I know. I saw that too. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, what do you want us to, what do you want people to fucking do? I mean, yes, vote, please vote. But then the other option, the other thing about that is like who, who well, to vote for? Like, uh, Who's going to change? Well, I do think I do think people need to fucking vote. 100%. People need to vote in their local elections. Local elections. Local, local elections is where you have like people who are responsive, where you can just call the, their office and get a response. And like thirty percent of people voted for the mayor in the last election in L.A. So you know that's completely a failure of your responsibility. You need to vote. You need to vote. And if you're not voting and making up some excuse about why you're not voting, you're part of the fucking problem. I mean, even here, like it's a pain in the ass. I have a, I had to fill out like a judicial elections ballot for Nevada yesterday. It took me an hour and a half online, two hours to find fucking video of who these candidates were. It was a complete pain in the ass. You know, it sucked. Mm-hmm. Waste my Saturday doing that shit. There's no voter guide because it's so small. Do it. You need to fucking do it. I mean, yeah. if you don't do it, if you don't vote, you are part of the problem. And all the yeah. demonstrating and media posting doesn't mean anything if you don't vote. So you need to vote. Absolutely. And I think the local elections thing is so important because I'm 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 just as guilty. It's like it's boring. It's hard to understand. There's like not as much media coverage of it. So it's like hard to seek out. It's not part of the national discourse that you can get online yeah. and have complaints I have about. Zero sympathy. If you don't vote, then shut the fuck up. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely agree with that i dived but i'm just saying i'm saying i know local election stuff can feel more byzantine in some weird ways than national ones it's terrible it should be changed yeah but you gotta fucking do it i saw someone made this point like jackie lacy the da terrible da of uh, la is like uh if you want to talk about uh, the human being who has the most direct ability to affect negatively or positively the lives of Americans, like the most number of Americans, it's not Donald Trump, it's Jackie Lacey. Like you're in the biggest city in the world and you're the DA and you get to decide who's in, indicted, who isn't, who's arrested, who isn't, who's prosecuted, who isn't. Like yeah. the, these little jobs that you don't even fucking know their names, like are the ones that are the movements of the machine, that are the ones that can make or change the whole fucking situation. I mean, like yeah. sheriff is another one. It's like, um, yeah. fucking, uh, when LAPD was like, Oh, no ice in this city. We won't help ice. It's like, okay, but the sheriff is. So anybody that they would arrest, they'd send to the fucking jail that the sheriff runs. And then the sheriff would just call ice. It was like back to what you said about like how policing is so insane. There's all these like municipality. There's just all these different things. Yeah. So definitely local elections for sure. <sighs> 
I don't know. It it has felt it it was it. I don't know. Good isn't the right word. I'm glad I I, I went and participated in the uh, uh, the protest yesterday. Oh, yeah. But I, don't I think, think it's one or the other. I mean, I think it's yeah. all of the above. You know. Yeah. Um. Oh, I was. I'll just share this little story too that I think is maybe important. I. I <laughs> I don't know the the approach that is coming out of me with mental health is and with you in particular. It's interesting because my instinct when I feel like hot about it is to say it's like more of a tough love thing, which is bullshit. That's not really what it is. I think this focus on material reality, a belief in my own internal strength and ability to become better and deal with my world, is uh, is very good. And like that, like gentleness with yourself and empathy with yourself is still important in the yeah. sense that like rest is important is like right is that like if if i'm lifting or something like that if i'm if i'm doing something physical with my body rest is as necessary a part of the recovery and becoming stronger it's not about just hammering yourself into the ground and grinding yourself to dust it's not effective it's not effective we're talking about what makes us the most yes the most effective thing to making our brains and worlds better experiences and uh and I and I kind of feel like like I had this. Uh, so this is the thing I thought about. I feel like the more healthy I get with my brain, the better I am at discomfort. Uh, and I, so I'm going to wrap it up, uh, wrap it back around into like something smaller and maybe more personal and more like let's just get on this mental health kick and what we can do maybe and just just share thoughts I'm having. Um, one is like with ADHD and things like that. I'm very reactive. I'm very like, and I think I'm slowly but surely I think getting a little better uh, at if my partner or somebody says something that stings. Uh, and my instinct is to get defensive and fucked up and be like, oh, no, I don't, you know, uh, to stop and just go like, oh, yeah, that makes me uncomfortable. Maybe it's OK that it makes me uncomfortable. I'm fucking I feel attacked. I don't think you're trying to attack me. But even if you are, I sh- you know, examining why I feel uncomfortable instead of just trying to throw out any bad feelings at all, reject any negative feeling. And um, this thing happened the other day. I posted uh, about going to the march and I just put this picture up of me and my brother at the march. And I was like, uh, we went to the march and. And uh, I'm proud of my brother and blah, blah. And one of my friends was like, posted on it's like another good thing is to check on your poc friends and so i i messaged her and i was like you okay we hadn't talked in a while and she was like yeah frankly uh though i'm like seeing a lot of these borderline performative posts from white friends and i just hope that you're like doing more than just this thing and dude i was like instinctively I wanted to be like, oh, Papa, I don't, uh, uh, you know, these are, these are my POC friends and how, and, yeah, eh, you know, and, uh, and instead, and I was like, I thought about it and I was like, yeah, that makes me uncomfortable because you're not wrong. I am performative and I do want to be considered a good guy on the right side of history. And I am, I am interested in validation as like not one of the bad ones. These are all yeah. craven yeah. feelings that I have that yeah. you are absolutely right to be mentioning. And, and I should be fucking thinking about and then getting over those feelings and saying like, yes, I may be uncomfortable a lot in this, but what are my values and what seems important? If other white people see a white person doing this, because I know as a white liberal and someone worried about looking performative and worried about ostracizing my uh, middle of the road friends and the ones who are the get along to go along friends, I know it's uncomfortable and you just you could just sideline it so fucking hard and just be like, oh, there's good people on both sides. And oh, I just don't want any of these problems. And blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? It's so easy to do that and be like, am I doing this wrong? Am I doing this wrong? Uh and so you just use that as an excuse to do nothing, to be uninvolved. So I don't know. I guess I just wanted to say that it seems to me important to be uncomfortable. And uh, and probably trying to help is more important than your feelings of discomfort or even your feelings of people rightfully calling you out for like being performative or something like that. Fine. I was thinking about it. Somebody said somebody, <laughs> somebody on Twitter, cause I put this post about like, you know, done jujitsu for a long time and it doesn't matter. Like if you put your fucking knee on someone's carotid for eight minutes, they die. There's no underlying condition. You know, that's what happens. And some fucking dingus, I didn't even respond because I went to their page and they like retweet Candace Owens and shit like that. And I was just like, oh, okay, this is just a troll. But I, they were like, said I was like virtue signaling. They were like, A said something wrong. They were like, that's not even where a carotid is. I saw the video. It's like, you're wrong. That is where a carotid is. I saw the video too. And then two, uh, like, f- fucking what? And then, uh, 
And then two said I was virtue signaling. It's nonsense about jujitsu and virtue signaling. And I was thinking about the tone, the notion of virtue signaling. And I was like, yes, I am attempting to signal something I believe is virtuous. I am <laughs> literally doing what you're saying. And not just for the internet points, sir, but hopefully so that other fucking people, like I can be part of a, a, a tide of of people going, you know, I used to not, I, I said to Allie one time, I was like, I just don't feel like it's my place to like be, it was during me too. Like, I just don't want to be, re, you know, I get it. It feels like people trying to get internet points or whatever. And she said something about like, when I see other like straight white guys post about it, I'm like, oh, thank you for doing that. Like somebody making their, you know, and it made me go like, oh, okay, yeah, then I'll put my stupid ass fucking ego that wants to be cool, that wants to not be judged as like, oh, you must want internet points or whatever. Anything that's stupid and discomfort. Like imagine the amount of privilege that I fucking have to go like, I don't want to be uncomfortable. So I'm just going to sit this out. You know what I mean? I I think, you know, it's, it's, I think, inspiring to hear that level of self-analysis that's really hard to do. Thank you, fellow white man. In a recovery, who I've ne- like just never seen someone just be so forthright about their own like the things that they are working on, you know. Mm. And it's really inspiring to hear that. And I think you know to kind of connect it to the mental health sort of um, elements you were talking about. Yeah, I think it's right on the money. Like you know, it's not to say that like kindness and gentleness with yourself is doesn't have a place. It's not only does it have a place, but it's necessary. I mean, I don't think you can achieve also health and wellness is not something you achieve. It's something you continue to cultivate and work on and maintain. It's a process, not like a achievement, you know, but you're not able to negotiate that process without those ingredients. Like the ingredients of gentleness and kindness and validation are necessary ingredients to the process of, wellness and mental health. Like the, you, you can't achieve it without those ingredients in my view, mm-hmm. but the other ingredients are acceptance of the fact that you will continuously encounter discomfort. And without encountering discomfort, you are also not going to achieve mental health and wellness and validation and gentleness are critical components of negotiating discomfort. All yes. of those things are required together you will constantly encounter discomfort and it's about how you negotiate discomfort by being honest with yourself, by validating your experiences, and then by pushing yourself to act in accordance with your values and be effective when you encounter discomfort. Those seem to be the ingredients that lead to good mental health outcomes. You know, it's not about never suffering or never feeling discomfort. It's about acknowledging what's going on, negotiating while trying to adhere as closely as you can to your values, realizing where you inevitably fuck up doing that, because of course you will, and then trying to do better the next time and getting back on that track as kind of as quickly as you can without, you know, setting a lot of fires. That That's what it's about. Yes. It's not about perfect. It's not about never feeling uncomfortable. It's not about being tough on yourself. It's about being gentle, being validating, negotiating discomfort as best you can in accordance with your values and then doing better the next time because you're going to fuck it up. Mm-hmm. It's a nonlinear, ongoing, never ceasing process that you will have to negotiate your entire life. That's what it's about. Yes. I think um, the thing that you hammer in a lot of the time about like you, you start with this like establishing your own values and it might be good for people out there as an exercise to like sit down. I think you said this one time and like write out your values, like just know the kind of person you want to be and believe yourself to be and like have those as guideposts for when you inevitably encounter this discomfort that you will do what you need to do to overcome the discomfort and behave in accordance with your values, whether those values are to be a better listener or to be more empathetic or to be brave, what whatever those things are to, to establish for yourself the kind of person you want to be and then be girded in your soul and in your heart and in your mind to behave that way when the opportunity inevitably arises to be the person you want to be, you know, whether yeah. that's in your personal life with your partnering relationship or it's out in public. Like I remember all the anti-bullying stuff coming up was like a long time ago thinking to myself like, Hey, the importance of this rhetoric is like 
it is so uncomfortable the bystander effect thing. It's so uncomfortable when you see something fucked up happening to go stop <laughs> and you're, vo- you know, or or like, hey, man, or or like just start talking to the person who's being harassed to give them an out and be like, hey, how what do you do? Come on over here. You know, whatever the fuck it is. It's so uncomfortable and so vulnerable that like you have to be. This is martial arts, too, by the way, is practicing that moment is practicing your body's response to these stressful moments. And to me, like. Like mental health uh, practices should reflect martial arts ones practicing so that when you encounter these negative experiences, you behave differently than what your animal body tells you you should do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I think that I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I think we really have to get away from this idea of health and wellness as being some kind of immaterial condition that we somehow through thinking correctly stumble upon it isn't that it's practicing skills it's practicing skills again and again and so you know once you have thought about some values you need to think about what the skills are that you need in order to adhere to those more closely and realize that you're gonna fuck up you're gonna fail to live up to them until you have practiced the skills enough to be able to more of the time more closely approximate those values those are skill-dependent behaviors. And so if you don't practice the skills, of course, you're, you're not going to live up to your own expectations. You've got to practice the skills. Nobody achieved fluency in any difficult activity without practice. Nobody. I mean, you know, go like watch this Michael Jordan documentary. Now, I don't think we should all strive to have like winner's disease like he has. But yeah. I mean – Look at what it took. Look at the skills and the will that it took to develop those skills to achieve that particular goal. That was his value. His value was winning. I mean, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have holding that value to the exclusion of all others, but just look what it takes. I mean, his value was winning and he practiced the skill of winning so much that he achieved virtuosity. Now that's like an extreme example, but I think mm-hmm. it shows you, you know, your 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 values will require skills to achieve and skills mm. require practice that's a great sentiment i feel like that's just because i we're going to be faced with it more and more in a material political external way and I think we can recognize, hopefully, if we've worked on our mental health along the way, we've practiced exactly what you said. And if we haven't, we should start setting our mindset towards it on ourselves internally of saying what you said, practicing the skills that allow us to behave in accordance with our values. Yeah. And let me just also say, like, I don't want people to think I personally fail at this all the time. Yes. (laughs) All the time. I fuck it up. All the time. I fail all the time. I'm disappointed in myself all the time. There are a couple of things that I think, you know, just personally I'll share help help me. Finding like one or two things that I really invest a lot in to make sure that they're like anchor points for me. So that when I'm like telling – when I fall into the narrative of like, oh, you total fuck up, there's at least like one or two things where I'm like, well, okay, at least you did this, which is like the anchor point. And for me, it's just been exercise. Like even if I feel like garbage, even if I you know, don't want to, even if I'm screwing up, I'm going to force myself to do some kind of exercise on my schedule so that I'm like, all right, at least I did this one fucking thing. Yeah. You know, like I just have to do that. And so I would encourage you to find one thing that you can really force yourself because forcing yourself to do a lot of stuff is terrible and it's not sustainable, but forcing yourself to do like one small thing a day where there's just no excuses, you force yourself to do it. I think, I think, you know, for me, that's been helpful. Yes, I agree. Uh, I'm going to take a second too, because I know I've been ignoring the chat a little bit and I just want to check in with everybody and see. Uh, thank you for understanding that we're kind of going off a little bit today, obviously. Um, let's see. Um, I saw a great point earlier that people were outraged by the riots and protests, but were also uh, outraged by football players taking a knee during the national anthem. Yeah, that, yep, for sure. These are people who are so rigid in their mindset that they're not able to process the information before their eyes. I mean, these are people who would have fought for the British in the Civil War. So I, I just, you can't engage with that perspective. I, I just don't think it's worth it. 
Yes. Well, that is the I've been thinking about that red coat thing. Like it's so stupid. I was like, they're sending the National Guard down here. They're gonna bring a thousand fucking troops into L.A. T- last night. It's like, okay. <laughs> anyway, um, we're, we're, we have to quarter them. You know what I mean? We should when our new government. I said the Civil War and the Revolutionary War. Yes, I know. I know which one you meant. Yes, not the not the the war to defend slavery. The other one. Um, right. Uh, let's see. Uh, I would love to talk about defensiveness as a response of previous trauma and how it dif- differs from avoiding uncomfortableness. Maybe for another time. Yeah. Okay, that's a good point. We talked about it a little, but I think right. we could talk more about that yeah. later. I would just say it's, it's also not defensiveness. Is just is not also a symptom of trauma. It's just a normal reaction to anything that challenges our ego or closely held views. So I mean, it's just everyone. It's normal. It's normal to feel that. Maybe I will ask you to expand on that next time, like because I know we're kind of yeah, close to the end. About, I mean, I'll say briefly, like just because things are our normal default reactions doesn't mean we have to feed them with our attention and behavior. I mean, it's totally you should validate when that happens. I mean, it's completely fucking normal. Everybody does it except people who are so detached from their ego that like they're way ahead of the game, you know. But for the rest of us, it's completely fucking normal to feel that. Uh, Ronan said, I'm reading How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi, and he said, racist and anti-racist are name tags that we can switch out easily. They are not inherent identities, but states that we can oscillate between. Meaning, if your goal is to be anti-racist, you have to constantly fight to be anti-racist. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah, these are, it's like being having mental health. It's not a static yes-no switch that you flip. Yeah. It's a process. I mean, look, we live. we live in, you know, the a, a, a dimension where time is operating, right? So all of these things are going to have to be ongoing processes rather than flips that you switch. That is totally right on the money. Sorry, I'm just going through these things a little bit. I don't say, but yeah, totally. A couple people weighing in about family members they have that don't consider themselves racist, but the stuff that comes out of their mouths is so fucking racist. Yeah, the problem is racist isn't a designation that you get to give yourself. It's a function of your attitudes and behavior. So they can view themselves <laughs> however the fuck they want, but if they're saying racist shit and acting racist, they're being racist. Yeah, I think about that all the time. That it's it's weird to think like sometimes these words just get a label that people don't think about the meaning they just think about like oh we've considered that bad in society now so they'll do things all day long that are racist and then go but i'm not racist like the woman the the birder woman who was like there's an african-american man threatening me you know in the central park that woman doesn't think she's racist because she says african-american do you know what i mean yeah, dude, I, I, here's the thing. I just don't care how people label themselves or don't label themselves. I just care about their behaviors. Like, you can call yourself whatever the fuck you want. I mean, but what are your behaviors doing? What ends are your behaviors contributing to? That's the truth. You can layer your own personal identity tag on top of that, but it's not meaningful to me or anyone else. It's only meaningful to you. Uh, okay, we got one uh, question here. Maybe we'll just use this as our exit when we'll see. Okay, Dr. Nick, what would you say to the learned helplessness that doesn't believe a certain goal is achievable at all? The quote, why bother trying of it all? Reevaluate a more realistic or achievable value? Yeah, I think it. Uh, here's the other thing. When we're talking about this stuff, I think it helps to get as specific as possible. So, you know, maybe another time we could talk about what particular value is causing you problems and kind of um, – uh, I hate this word, but like triggering a learned helplessness response. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you find yourself feeling hopeless and deactivated when you consider a particular goal, um, I would chunk that goal into smaller, more achievable parts, right? So if it's like, well, I just don't think voting matters, mm-hmm. then maybe you can start by doing research about your city council member, your local judges, you know, your ombudsman, your assembly people. So don't do any voting, you know, if that makes you feel hopeless, but just do that research and just see how you feel after doing that, you know, or maybe it's something else. I mean, maybe it's like, I need to lose a hundred pounds. Well, that's impossible. I can never do that. So, you know, don't worry about losing a hundred pounds. Just worry about, you know, hitting your steps for today, something like that. You know, I I know those are pat examples and that's why i think it's really important to ground this in specificity so if we want to talk kind of like more specifically about the challenge that you're experiencing i think we should do that cool yeah that is that's a that is a good i actually like that you 
turned it into the voting thing because that's a good one that would be like to me i wouldn't instinctively know like oh what are the go- what are the you know if i don't it seems so abstract like the the weight loss one makes sense to me that's really a good example of how to like take something seemingly abstract like i don't believe in voting and so like okay we'll try uh if you don't want to do that if you don't think that's possible try research is like that's pretty that's very smart um all right you know i'm gonna call it's we're 1108 um Dude, thanks for being here. Thanks, guys, for being present uh, for, for this one. I know I wasn't as engaged with the chat, and obviously we were talking about some specific stuff. But I, some valuable stuff came out of this, at least for me. I think I, I helped me like sort of frame some things in ways or solidify framings. I, I, I can't believe how over and over again how important it seems to be to like have this establishment of your values and know the kind of person you wish to be or believe yourself to be and then – and then try to move your behaviors in line with that seems like very important. Um, that, cause otherwise I feel like mental health falls into this really wishy washy place of just like, how do you feel? How do you feel all the time? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Instead of like a thing that I can demonstrate. Like you said, the, you said like last week or something like that, like, uh, when trying to, um, uh, when trying to diagnose dysthymia, you're like, if you ask somebody while they're depressed, if they've been depressed for two years, they'll say yes. Like, that's so important to say, like, you can't, like, we just, it's Rashomon. Like, you can't rely on your just feelings and memories. Like, you have to kind of create benchmarks for yourself. You have to create landmarks to, like, know where you're going and what you're doing. All right. Uh, Thank you guys so much. Um, At noon, we're going to do a... QC again. Um, I'd like to do probably do some spinal wave stretching stuff again. I just my shoulders and back could use some of that. Spinal, spinal waves. It's spinal. It's spinal. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Doctor Nick, for for being here with us. Um, you guys, I I adore you. Uh, if you want to support the pod, check out Patreon.com/slash/MyGoodBadBrain. Um, I did switch it back to monthly instead of per creation. It's going to be sort of like the Jarrett Sleeper and Enterprises thing. So QC and this and whatever other creations is going to go on there. And then uh, MyGoodBadBrain.com if you want to get like any shirts or anything like that. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, that's it. I think. I think that's it for today. You wanna you wanna plug anything? Oh, Minnesota Freedom Fund. Well, I think there are actually. Ugh, I should find. I gave money to the Minnesota Freedom Fund uh, earlier last week. They have apparently received so many donations that they're very grateful for that they um suggested some other organizations, but I don't know what those are because I had already given them a hundred dollars, and that was kind of uh, that was kind of uh, what I had to give right then. But um, go give money to things. And and I would say look into the groups and make sure that they are um, legit, but also like direct aid things like Minnesota Freedom Fund just bails people out of jail, like uh, which is, you know, cash bail is an inherently racist uh, system. It's a classist racist thing that is not normal and that we act like we think is normal. Um, so, you know, give give money if you can buy from black owned businesses. I don't know. I, I haven't done this yet because I, again, I want to like do my due diligence, but I saw a like GoFundMe that was going to buy gas masks for protesters, like legitimate gas masks. So yeah. I don't know. That's, I think I'm going to do some more research on that and that's probably where I'll donate. Yeah. And I think uh, if you listen to this, there's a good chance you're sort of like um, generally liberal minded type person. Uh, maybe not, I'll just yeah, you must be suffering listening to the two of us. Oh, I bet. <laughs> Please, uh, Consider reevaluating your positions of comfort and uh, looking at some of the stuff about like your feelings about the state as a generally good thing or whatever the fuck and uh, and vote and research or do these things. Let's, you know, fuck Eric Garcetti. You know what I mean? <laughs> he canceled all the COVID testing. <laughs> I wish, you know, like I have, I'm teaching a class this summer and our local elections are June 9th and I wish I could like make it contingent on voting for you to pass the fucking class if you're eligible to. Yeah, that's. I guess that's not uh, legal. I'm going to give extra credit for it. That's what I'm going to do. Um, oh, if you're allowed, that'd be cool. I mean, good luck, dude. You're in a very interesting state, I feel like. No, just, I mean, voting, period. I can't tell people how to vote, but I if, if I can, if I see a, a I voted sticker, I'm giving extra credit. That's how I'm going to do it. I love that. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Uh, thank you, guys. We'll see you all. Uh, we'll see some of you at noon and the rest of you next week. Thank you. I actually put all five episodes out last week. I did it. All the backed up shit. Oh, yeah, baby. 
Nice job, dude. (laughs) So I'm going to stay on top of it now and we'll fucking, I know like every week is a new like, I'm going to treat this more seriously. And then I become overwhelmed. But I'm trying to act more in accordance with my values than my feelings. All right. (laughs) Thanks, man. Love you. Love you all. See you guys. uh, Talk to you later. Be well. Hydrate. Thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, My Good Bed Brain is a production of Mind Jam Media, my little media company. Thanks to uh, Coda for making this theme song with me. And uh, that's it. MyGoodBedBrain.com. Patreon.com slash MyGoodBedBrain. You're the best. Have a good one. Self-care. Hydrate. Be well. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.